0: This is Real Presence Live on the
1: RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now back to the show. Thirty-three minutes past the hour. It's Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona-Rochester. I uh, might as well say that while I can. Uh, Father Jason Kern is here with us. He's the Vocations Director for the same diocese, and we have another diocesan official, Dr. Susan winley Dowst in studio here at the Pastoral Center in Winona. Good morning. Hi,
0: Matt. How are you? Great to see you. Good to see you, too.
1: We're going to be talking about evangelization. We and, are. And uh, this year, this time of uh, COVID, COVID tide, if you will. Yeah. Perfect time to evangelize, right? I mean... Absolutely. <laughs> great. <laughs> Somebody's I mean, got to say it, right? End of, end, end of discussion. I guess we're, <laughs> we're done. Well, I guess, I guess most people would not maybe think that it would be the best time to evangelize because everything's all shut down. Right. Well, Why, why is it a good time to evangelize now?
0: Um, it's a good time to evangelize because there's a lot of need out there, right? Okay? And people tend to understand and really be open to Jesus Christ in their need. So people are more aware of their need right now than they possibly have ever been in their entire lives. I mean, all the jokes, and they're not really jokes. They're sort of rueful about 2020, how bad it's been. I don't know anybody who's been untouched by it. And some people have had an incredibly difficult time. Um, But, you know, this is exactly the place where we want to introduce Jesus Christ into the conversation, into their lives as a real-life possibility that makes things different, right? Right. Um, So I think it's really the best time. I mean, it's a difficult time to live through, but in terms of evangelization, it's like we've got the whole spread out on the table. I I mean, it's, it's a great time. And I think we should be taking advantage of it. I mean, the other piece of this is, you know, especially... Not just 2020, but even, you know, moving into 2021, people are really talking about this just being a very dark time in the United States right now. Um, That's just
1: because it's January?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it doesn't help, <laughs> and does we it? Live,
1: And we live in the north? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we live in the north, and we barely have any sunlight, and it's been cloudy for like 28 days now. But, um, no, you know, I mean, a heavier darkness, you right, a heavier darkness. Spiritual darkness. A spiritual darkness, uh, uh, <laughs> almost psychological darkness almost over the nation. And, you know, the thing is, our Lord is the light of the world, right? And light exists for darkness. So in many ways, it's a perfect time to be evangelizing. That is, just simply sharing who Jesus Christ is and sharing the gospel because the contours are so sharp right now right? People were saying, it's like, yeah, I don't want to live like this. I mean, this is horrible. (laughs) I never thought life was going to be this way. It's like, but Jesus knew. You know, he did. Uh, He foresaw this. We're here for a reason. This is a moment where we can introduce him to people who are desperately in real need of hearing a message of hope.
1: I I think um, a lot of folks, I mean, when they think about the, the, the restrictions that have been kind of placed upon us, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I think a lot of them are perhaps necessary. Sure. We want to keep each other safe. Right. Um, we want to be reasonable about that. Right. But a lot of it is driven by fear as well. well what does our Lord say? Fear is useless. Mm-hmm. What is needed is trust. And so I, 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 I'm hoping that folks are, as a result of this, thinking, oh, yeah, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live in fear mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Because you can apply this to just about anything in your life. I mean, I could walk out and get hit by a train right. walking across the tracks. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I, you, could, you could go on and on with examples of that. I mean, right. uh, living is dangerous. Right. Um, if people don't have faith, if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, what are they going to fall back on?
0: Right.
1: Well, how, are, how are they not going to live in constant fear? Right. Especially after something like this where they're made aware of their mortality.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite Verses from the New Testament is um from one of John's letters, Perfect love casts out all fear right, and you know there's a certain amount of fear that makes sense um but it can get out of hand i honestly. I'm more worried about anger than fear right now, so I'm wondering just how much, well, really, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much, you know, we take John's message, um, John's line there, perfect love casts out all fear, as profound as that is, and think about what does it mean to say perfect love casts out all anger? You know, I mean, there's a righteous anger which which is entirely legitimate, and the prophets give us good examples on a regular (laughs) basis. But anger is like a hot potato; it can get out of hand very, very fast. And people say it's like, well, it's righteous anger. It's kind of like, no, that's wrath, and that's actually a deadly sin. (laughs) You know, it's a very ginger thing to handle, and and a focus on on love, right? It's been said before, you know, it's not exactly news in the Christian life, but this is really the key of evangelization. All evangelization is sharing the gospel out of love for others, right? And we do so, of course, as safely as we can under the circumstances. I mean, that's part of the love. You don't want to um, put anybody else in danger that way, but it does mean taking risks um, that I think are actually more emotional than physical, I mean, we can reach out to a person very easily in this day and age through the phone. We've become way too expert on Zoom. Uh, and there, there are all kinds of ways to do it. And, you know, I think we need to be challenging those fears, honestly, mm-hmm. and to look to that perfect love that is Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. I love that. You know, I was, um, this morning I was praying the litany of humility, and I'd kind of forgotten at the end of it that um, Cardinal Mary Duvall has this line on charity, and he just first quotes First Corinthians, you know, charity is patient, it's kind, it does not envy, is not pretentious, not puffed up, not ambitious, not self-seeking, not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice over wickedness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then he adds this from Matthew as well, referencing it. To have charity is to love God above all things for Himself and to be ready to renounce all created things rather than offend Him by serious sin. I think, you know, if we allowed that to, the truth of love, God's love, to really penetrate our hearts. That would dispel a lot of that anger, right? Because we are frustrated by the way things are. We are disappointed by the, what's happening. And, and we want to react, right? There's, there's a need to kind of like have justice about it and have a sense of what's... We want to understand it. Mm-hmm. But love, if we do it in love, it allows us to go forward, right? And so those of us who have been convicted by the love of God who have been transformed by it, need to allow it to transform our relationships, to bring it forward, right? And not just be a place where I have love, therefore I don't need to worry about anyone else. That's not love, <laughs> right. right? That's that's a form of selfishness, that love can become kind of self-serving. And we've just read there that that's not what it is. It's not ambitious on its own terms, but rather it's seeking to, to be diffused, to be given away, uh, to be shared. Right. And so that's that's the call to evangelize, is, is yeah. can we really love in such a way that we're willing to love our neighbors and, and preach the gospel, not in a way that is preachy, but in a way that is convicted by love.
0: Right. Um, yeah, no, amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Father Jason and I do a lot of high fives all yeah. the time <laughs> when we talk together. No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we need to let the love of God, um, it needs to be something that just is more than something that trips off the tongue Mm -hmm. that we read about, you know. We really do need to let it convict us. We need to let ourselves live in that and really begin to reflect that. I mean, we were created in the image of God, right? And images are created for reflection. The more that that image is polished, the more that we can reflect (laughs) the love of God, and that makes us a bridge of trust in a culture that may think very different things about Christians at this point, but it's very hard for people to deny, you know, the reality of love when they see it in action, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we become more than words. It's, it's yes, having the bravery to go ahead and, you know, share the actual words, use the J word, Jesus, right? And things like that. Um, we need to be doing that. But, you know, a lot of the bravery is stepping out and just asking somebody, you know, it's been tough. How are you? Like, really? Yeah. You know, start there and then move into the, this is what helps me, you know, get through hard times like this. And it's a life of prayer. Um, and it's the sacraments. It's, you know, talking with other people. Yeah. You become a witness. Yeah. And that's, that's really the key to it. The, the, you know, evangelization is not hard in terms of you don't need a degree in it. It really is just stepping out in faith and allowing yourself to be a witness to God's love.
2: Amen. You know, and just to get concrete, and in, in like I think about my own friends, my own family, mm-hmm. and you know, some of them are further along than others, and different places. One of the things that transforms the relationship is when I listen, right? When I actually, yeah. when I actually just pay attention to them, and that's really what you're speaking about. There is like. Ask them how they're doing, and then actually listen and care. Right? right? That's a way to evangelize. We don't think about it very often, but evangelization is 100% relational. It has to be based on a relationship of trust, where this person can hear you and hear the message that you're proclaiming, the testimony that you're giving, because they know you and they know that you're living what you say. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, how what's your experience when, with friends and family when maybe when they're not getting along, or when there's division in in, in the relationships, or or whatever circumstances you might find yourself in. How do you evangelize in those terms? Um,
0: I think listening absolutely is key. You know, it's interesting if, uh, let's talk about social media, Hmm. okay? Uh, Because I I think I spend too much time on it, and the (laughs) pandemic has honestly only made that worse, because, you know, it is a convenient way of sort of staying in touch with people. Um, But I know that, you know, I have friends, especially in town, who are not Christian. Um, We have connections in other ways through our kids, that sort of thing. And, yeah, the more that I respond in real charity towards their life problems, which is, you know, not a planned or or calculating thing for me to do. It's just what you do when you're a friend with someone, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the more they're open to hearing a little bit more about my life. It's like, so... What do you do exactly for the church? Which is usually kind of deep. It's like, I evangelize. Yeah.
1: <laughs> What's that? Yeah. yeah. No.
0: Well, no, they usually know what that is, and it kind of scares them. But, uh. <laughs> but you know, it, it's, yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Listening to people in their real-life situations is always the first step. Yeah. It, it just is. And it opens doors. Right? If you trust the Holy Spirit through that process and don't rush it, it will indeed open doors. And, you know, the person that I'm thinking about actually as I was crafting this answer, you know, all of a sudden a year and a half ago showed up at our parish Alpha. Hmm. And I looked at her and just kind of thought, what the heck? I, I mean, <laughs> now I actually You're did her. invite her. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was shocked, honestly. Wow. Because this person was not Christian yeah. at all. Um, and, and to be fair, still is not. Sure. But, She took that chance because she knew me and she knew the other person that Mm -hmm. was running it. And it's kind of like, you know, I like both of you. You're sane. Yeah. That's a <laughs> powerful really,
2: testimony. Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. It's little things like that, living our lives in a way that is intentional about listening to others, being ready to share our witness when it's time. Yeah, as
2: you speak about social media and then evangelization, there's uh, a recent post that I saw on Twitter of a, a guy, I think I can name him, J.D. Flynn, is, he's a journalist. Oh, yeah. He does a, a lot of good work um, with the Pillar Catholic. But mm-hmm. um, but one of the things he write he wrote on Twitter was that he, he has two neighbors across the street from him in two separate houses. One has, you know, like the Trump flag and kind of like, you know, a lot of like things in their yard. And then the other has like a rainbow flag and, you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter sign up in there. And he, and, he, and he put on Twitter, he said, you know, I, I see these things. And then he said, what I need to do is have a six pack of beer with both of them you know Mm -hmm. and like just sit down with them and talk and get to know them you know and I was like that's that's legit right there right like that's that's being a bridge to Christ right and you're not you're not saying I'm guaranteeing that I will win either side to whatever I want or it's there's no agenda to that per se other than to say I need to get to know them so that I can have a relationship and then ultimately to to share what is the most meaningful thing in my life which is my relationship with the Lord and why I believe it really will transform your life one way or another uh, for the greater good and for ultimately your salvation in christ and so yeah it's a powerful witness and testimony for sure yeah great story yeah I it is
1: it. uh i mean in in this day and age when uh, spending time with friends and family uh has been seemed to be replaced with technology mm-hmm. uh, it's it's all about relationships and cultivating those yes uh, how, can how can we do that How we do that safely yep. and um it, it's a uh, it's a challenge, but it's something that we're called to. Um, right. Dr. Susan winley Dowst is our guest this morning on Real Presence Live, talking about evangelizing. Is this a good time to evangelize? She thinks, yes. And yeah, I think she's convincing us. Myself, Matt Wilcom, and Father Jason Kern here with me. Um, and you know, we talk about evangelization. That's one of those you know, $5 words. Um, can you maybe just kind of break down that that word, like the etymology of that word, like where does it come from? Uh, how, how did we arrive at this, in, at this kind of church speak?
0: <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, evangelization, I mean, the Greek word is evangel. Um, it's message, right? So evangelization is like messageization, but it doesn't sound nearly as good that way, does it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> so evangelization is just simply a way about sharing the message of Jesus Christ with, you know, every person alive on earth it's really as simple as that people tend to understand it or, or um, to hear it and think of the most negative way of that it's been propagated and, and not usually by Catholics to be perfectly honest you know the sort of street corner preacher who's shouting at people that they're going to hell it's like I'm sure that was effective you know right <laughs>
1: Or, or that's the term, what people think. like the term evangelical Christians, as as if other Christians don't evangelize.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, honestly, a lot of my work tends to be sort of um, walking people back a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean forcing anything on anyone. It simply means being, you know, having the kind of courage and joy in your own faith that you're going to share it with others, when the time is right, and more often the time is right than we tend to give it credit for. You know, mm. there are people out there waiting for us to yeah. say something.
2: One of the things that you've brought to the diocese is the awareness of the need for healing, whether it's from addiction or from other forms right. of, you know, kind of woundedness and pain and, and just the burden of life that we carry. Right. Um, how does evangelization relate to healing? How, does it, how do they work together and tie together? Uh, how do people come to know the Lord um, as they also receive healing?
0: Yeah, I think it's really important. Uh, I mean, not only because of the time that we're in where there are so many walking wounded, honestly, uh, Mm -hmm. on our streets in all kinds of ways. And I'm talking about really all kinds of healing, not just physical healing, which does happen sometimes, but um, also emotional healing, you know, psychological healing, and, of course, spiritual healing, right? (laughs) (laughs) And those things tend to have a lot of overlap with each other. And uh, I think as American Christians, we tend to uh, just gloss over the fact that, you know, Jesus Christ was understood first and foremost within his ministry as the divine physician, the one who heals. I mean, yes, the first word were, was, you know, basically repent, the kingdom of God is here. But this was part of his way of understanding. It's like, you know, this is what the kingdom of God breaking in looks like. It involves people being healed and being restored to community. And, um you know, a recognition that all, all these things that really weigh us down uh, don't come directly from God. Maybe God allows it, you know, for our greater good, but ultimately God does want to heal us of all these things. You know, eventually, you know, God willing, we're in heaven, second coming, transformed body, the, the whole nine yards, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it just seems to me like a very natural way... To bring Jesus Christ into the conversation when somebody is hurting, Yeah. right? I mean, if you know that, why wouldn't you do that? It's not to say that Jesus is going to take everything away like he's God's Tylenol. <laughs> but on the other hand, it is going to be... Um, I mean, there's no question that with some suffering in my own life, and I've heard from so many other people... Jesus Christ makes a difference. He's either going to heal you or he's going to give you the power to live in the situation that you're living in, whether it's an illness. uh, You know, he's going to give you the grace to live through that yeah. and with that. That's powerful. That's super right? no, powerful. Nobody else, can, nobody else can do that.
2: Nothing this world can offer, right? right. Modern medicine with all of its glory and goodness, right? Yeah. Like, so much good has come from it. It can't offer that. It can't offer the, the, the search of the human hearts where we can find meaning and direction and a purpose for our lives uh, that's not just temporary. That lasts for an eternity. You know, I was thinking about, um, I've been re- mm. rereading a lot of Pope John Paul's Theology of the Body and as you were speaking it kind of oh, just yeah. came to mind again on Like his vision for man, he talks about Jesus always saying, in the beginning, it was not so, right? Right. He he points us back to the creation of how God actually ordered and created us in his image and likeness, as you've already brought up. But he also then, uh, through the fall, he he ordered redemption and the life of grace is really possible that, that we can become something truly more in Christ by living in communion with God we're actually transformed full of peace and grace and, and full of love as we've been talking about like that's what needs to transform us is to go back to what we're really truly made to be which is the children of God and then allow ourselves even though we're broken and wounded and full of sin uh, to not only repent of those things and to, to say that's not the truth of my being but then as I learn to receive the love of God deeper and deeper it can transform me to continue to be a witness to him then, right? And to share it with others as we talk about evangelization. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. I mean, you look at the New Testament, you look at so many of the uh, you know gospel examples of Jesus healing someone, all sorts of different things. Virtually every time that person followed Jesus. Hmm. I mean it's like the healing was this ruse almost <laughs> to invite him, yeah. to invite him or her into the life in Christ, right? Yeah. And then went to tell others. So I mean I really think there's a very intimate connection here and I've just been trying to encourage you know, Southern Minnesota and whoever else will listen to take advantage of that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's part of our tradition.
1: Well, you're also inviting folks to uh, read an article that you have coming up in The Courier, which is our diocesan newspaper, dowr.org is the website for folks who want to, so so check that out, Uh, so we want to give you time to talk a little bit about that, Stay in the Boat. The name of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I can't take credit for this. I mean, I wrote the article, um, but I was able to attend virtually um, this national conference called the Encounter Conference uh, just, just after Christmas. And there was a speaker there named Barbara Heil who is actually lives in iowa and um we've got to get iowa in real presence you know because so we can get her in because man (laughs) she was a great speaker she was amazing um so all of these good ideas are hers but it's an interpretation of the gospel of mark chapter four and um you know she just had this powerful powerful message about how we're called to stay in the boat jesus was doing his ministry told the disciples let's get in boats let's get to the other side she said there was a person there people there who were awaiting their visitation it's like Jesus knew that Jesus also knew there was going to be a storm right he goes to sleep (laughs) and the disciples are saying it's like uh you know the storm kicks up and they're frightened that they're going to die it's really really bad they wake him up and they say it's like don't you care if we drown Jesus says be quiet be still and says where is your faith Right, and she's saying it's like, we've got a lot of storms in our lives this past year. There's no question about it. Lots and lots and lots of storms. Like, but where is your faith? It's like Jesus Christ called you to get to the other side. You need to stay in the boat because there are people waiting for you.
1: I like to imagine how Jesus said that to his disciples. Like, I
0: know. <laughs>
1: where is your
0: faith? <laughs> See, I actually say in this article, I think it's a little more gentle than that. But <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe that's but it's, how it's pointed, I would have said it. It's pointed, right? Yep. It's very pointed. <laughs> and it's a good question for us, too. It's kind of like, hang in there, stay in the boat. Jesus called you to get to the other side. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm relating that to evangelization. There are people on the other side, and there are people in the boat with us right now. And this is still the best time. The best that, time.
1: that article will be coming in the February edition yes, of The Courier, dowr.org, for that. Uh, Dr. Susan winley Dowst with us this morning about evangelizing. Is this a good time? Thanks so much for joining us. Any, any final thoughts before we uh, have to leave?
0: You all keep praying. You know, pray for each other, pray for our church, pray for our country, and go out there sometime this week and take a risk and share what God has done for you in this pandemic.
2: Amen.
1: All right. Excellent. Thanks, Dr. Susan Winley Doust, Director of the Office of Missionary Discipleship for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Well, Father Jason Kern, it's that time.
2: It's been a good run, Matt.
1: Yes, it has been. And uh, we're going to get a preview of the next Real Presence Live with our technical producer, Eli.
2: Hey, thanks, Matt. Great show today. A lot of really interesting segments. Uh, It's always good to hear. Uh, what, you know, what's coming up on the show. And there's another great show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Brad Gray and Janine Bitson coming to you from our Fargo studios. They'll start off the show with Tom O'Keefe from the New Life Center. He'll talk about ministering to the homeless. Then Isaac and Corey Sheehan will tell us where God took them after a cancer diagnosis. Plus, Father Will Thompson, I think some of you down there might know him. Mm, we from the Diocese I see on a Rochester. Will join us to talk about understanding the Word of God. All that and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence live. That'll be tomorrow morning, nine to eleven a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. As they say,
1: all that in a bag of chips.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a, quite a lineup. That's you know, there's so much good to talk about. And Susan's message just powerful to kind of say, you know, what we can actually be witnesses and heralds of the good news even in the darkest of days.
1: Well, I think there's a, definitely a purification that the church is undergoing has been undergoing for quite some time and in a number of different ways and this pandemic has kind of accelerated that i think um and uh, I, i'm going to be very interested to see in the coming years how our church grows stronger i do believe that it is going to grow stronger um and and i think that will be the way too where that it will grow in numbers amen i mean every there's every every year people come into the church right there's no no question about that but um i have a lot of hope me too,
2: me too. And you know her message at the end there of stay in the boat. That's, that's what we're talking about is those who remain and those who remain firm in the Lord. He's gonna continue to deepen our faith. He's gonna deepen our own understanding of how to live for him in our day. And the church is gonna need to stay in the boat. We're gonna need to stay unified as a church and, and band together and witness to God's love.
1: Amen. Again, thank you so much for the opportunity, those at Real Presence Radio, for allowing me to host this show, Real Presence Live. It's been one of the highlights of my time here as uh, communications director of uh, the Winona Rochester Diocese over the last couple of years, and I'm so grateful. In so many ways, this has kept me going through some very difficult times, and I'll be forever grateful to all you up there in Fargo and throughout the Real Presence Radio Network. God bless you. We're all part of the same Catholic radio family no matter where we go. Up next, it's More to Life on the RPR Network.